You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 114. And today we're diving into healing trauma to heal your body. Yes, this is a deep one, but it's so, so good. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to the show. As always, this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, we're talking about living with more joy and more happiness by healing your mind and your emotions. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about healing your trauma to heal your body and what this looks like. And the better news is, is that I have an expert on to help us do just that. I'm going to be interviewing Amy Van Slambrook today, and Amy is a licensed psychotherapist, certified life and workplace coach, experienced consultant specializing in the emotional health of women, relationships, and recovering from trauma. Today on the show, I'm going to be asking Amy about the effects of past trauma on our health, how our emotions biologically impact our body, and how to begin healing our mind to heal our body. It is going to be so good, and this is, as you know, one of the most passionate subjects that I talk about. So you're going to want to stay tuned to listen to, to listen to her fantastic interview. But before we get to the show, I just want to remind you that today's sponsor, but before we get to the show, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Teamy. Teamy is an all-natural tea company on a mission to not just tell people about change, but to help make change happen. I love this company and what they can do. You may also know how much I love tea, which makes Teamy an easy addition to my everyday life. I'm always on the hunt for good tea, good high quality teas, and Teamy has come through every single time. One of my favorite products is their cleanse package, which works so well considering that I'm going through the Simple Cleanse right now. But their cleanse package comes with two different tea blends, Teamy Skinny and Teamy Colon. Teamy Skinny is a tea that can replace your coffee, providing extra energy, suppress your cravings, and get rid of bloat first thing in the morning. Then, at night, you take Teamy Colon, which helps provide necessary support to your body's detox pathways and allowing you to rest deeper. The tea blends are made up of many different varieties of teas, making this complete system so easy and effective, you can't not do it. If you want to get your own Teamy Blends, Make sure you head on over to teamyblends.com, that's T-E-A-M-I blends.com to grab your own detox package. And if detoxing isn't your thing, don't worry. Teamy has a variety of other teas designed for relaxation, energizing, and even for those nursing mamas. The better news is Teamy is giving you a discount on your very first order. Use the code SIMPLEROOTS, that's all capitals, S-I-M-P-L-E-R-O-O-T-S to get 15% off your order of $49.99 or more. Yes, 15% off using code SIMPLEROOTS at checkout. So make sure you go over to teamyblends.com and grab your own teas. Okay, now let's get right to the show, diving right into past traumas, emotional hurts, and how to heal from all of this. Welcome to the show, Amy. I'm excited to have you on and talk about a subject that is becoming such a passion in my life. So thanks for being on and willing to share. Well, I am so beyond thrilled to be able to to talk with you and just to share what I've learned and, and found in my own life and in my own experience. So thank you. It's a real gift to be here. Yeah. So the mind and this summer I did an entire mindset series on the podcast. And it's just, like I said, such a fascinating subject because I'm learning that we can only do so much with nutrition and exercise. And I think they're really, really important pieces of the puzzle. But at the end of the day, often our mind controls or our, our mind does control our actions. And even 
our hormonal response and chemical messengers that are happening inside our body. So without the right mindset, we can really be fighting against our body with all these changes that we're trying to make. So I want to dig into this and the mind. And I want to start by trying to outsmart your mind. (laughs) And I say that lightly because I want to get your opinion. But I'm finding that Like I said, even when someone wants something so bad, right, like they want to get healthy, they want to lose weight or whatever it is that they're trying to do and they want it so bad, that doesn't mean that they're actually going to do it. So how do we get our mind to follow through with the change that we desperately desire? Well, that is the million dollar question, right? (laughs) Right. It's it's finding that key and it, it is such a burning question and such a source of frustration for people because in many cases, it's not an effort issue. You know, if I try harder, I ought to be able to do it. And then, of course, we beat ourselves up if we can't. But I've really found, and, and this is taking a lot from the from the work of Dr. Daniel Amen and Dr. Um, Bessel van der Kolk, who's a specialist in trauma and the, the mind and, and the body, is really taking a four-pronged approach. You know, you have to address the biological, the psychological, the social, and the spiritual. Mm. And without all of those being addressed, you're not going to be set up for success. Um, And if you don't have a brain that's functioning for whatever reason, trauma, disease, um, addiction, whatever it is that's holding you back or proper nutrition, um, you can't really help to change your spirit or your mindset. But likewise, without those two in a healthy place, you can't change your body and neuroplasticity doesn't have a chance to be optimized. Um, And then of course, our community is completely invaluable Mm -hmm. in in cementing all of it and and helping us along the journey because we're not meant to do this by ourselves. But man, this is a source of shame. And it literally changes the brain when we absorb the shame and take it in and and we can see changes in the brain and in the body in response to those emotional and spiritual states. So when you say that we can suppress the shame, does that become a trauma then in our life? Is that technically a trauma or does a trauma considered something that's like a large incident that happened? Well, we use big T and little t when it comes to trauma, you know, because trauma really is an interruption and a violation of our human experience where we feel our trust is violated. Um, Brene Brown, of course, has some wonderful talks on shame and the impact of trauma, Um, you know, and so I think that many people, many more people than they realize have trauma. And it's hard to admit it because we always think, well, that isn't really bad enough. I mean, lots of people have had worse things happen to them, but that's so not true because pain for our spirits and our bodies is relative. And Mm. so for one person, a move to a new location can be really traumatic if they're a child. For other people, they love that. You know, mm-hmm. it's really how it fits in the context of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so that does get internalized. And the first place trauma of any kind is, is stored is at the body, body level, um, which is fascinating. And I'll talk about that uh, more 
uh, in a little while, but it really is amazing how we were created. Right. I want to keep on trauma because I feel like, again, a, a huge stumbling block that I've encountered with a lot of my clients is they can't let go of the past. And sometimes we don't even know what the past is. Like I, 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 I sometimes even struggle with knowing something has harmed me or something has bothered me or created me to be this person or caused this anxiety, but I can't quite pinpoint that. And I know it has to do with our subconscious and unconscious mind, which are two different things. But I want you to talk about, or can you help us to figure out how can we start to pull from our trauma and deal with it? Or is it even possible? Absolutely, it's possible. And I think one of the best um, pieces that has come out of the research on neuroplasticity is understanding just how possible it is because we used to think, well, the brain can't change. So once a person's been traumatized, Mm -hmm. whether through war or abuse or divorce or whatever it is, that was it. Your fate was sealed. And now we know that change is so possible. But what's interesting is often when trauma occurs, especially the big trauma, you know, childhood abuse, um, sexual abuse, those that level of trauma, it really cuts off the blood supply to the language center of the brain. Mm-hmm. And so you're stuck in your experience. You know you want to say something and you don't have any words. All you have is this sensation that you want to say something. And in fact, it's often like a silent movie. You know, you, mm. you remember the incident a lot of times, but you can't connect the emotions. It sort of becomes matter of fact, like, well, of course that happened. And to anybody else, they would be horrified mm-hmm. to think about it. But what I found, Alexa, is really that it, it is a soul positioning, you know, that our soul gets to a point where we're ready to deal with it and it starts bubbling up. And whether that's triggered by an adult event Um, or just in our own sort of evolution of feeling safe to take on the pain, those things start to bubble up. And one of the earliest places we can look for clues is our body. Mm. And if there's chronic pain, chronic disease, um, that's a really clear indicator oftentimes that there is trauma stored. In fact, even with obesity, you know, that they've found that an inordinate percentage of people who struggle with obesity also have trauma in their lives. And there's an ACEs study um, that maybe we can link to for folks that really does show this amazingly strong link that if we would allow those um, symptoms to speak to us, so to speak, Mm -hmm. um, it really would tell more of their emotional journey and then we can help them heal more. But the but the body almost uses disease and um, unhealthiness as an expression of psychological and emotional pain. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Bessel van der Kolk wrote the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely fascinating because when we allow those parts of our body to speak, um, and it's just going into the pain, asking what it's about, we can uncover so much about what the wounds are in that person's soul. He also has found that by movement like yoga or tai chi is incredibly healing. 
the words often never come, but something about the movement of the body and allowing that pain to be expressed physically heals those sections of the brain mm. that are traumatized and can heal some of the memories. So in my work, I use a multifaceted approach like that, that really addresses the memories that can't be verbalized, but that are crying out. So I don't know if that answers yeah, your question. No. Uh, so do you have to verbalize? So you, you can heal without ever verbalizing past trauma. Is that, what you, is that a true statement? or is that I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I think there are pieces of the trauma that may never Mm -hmm. be verbalized. Uh But definitely the body sort of opens the door. Uh So when someone comes in and they've got chronic disease and maybe they're going through some relationship stress, we just start to dig in a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and find out how long they've been dealing with the symptoms. And then more and more we can get some sort of memory triggered. Mm-hmm. Um, but as part of that, they, they won't necessarily have all the pieces. Right. Um, okay. And those pieces that, that we can't bring out do get dealt with often in sort of a physical activity of some kind and drama. They've found drama um, doing theater, that kind of thing is really, really healing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. This is so fascinating. And I want to start talking about a little bit about how this affects our biology because I, I feel like there's a really big disconnect even in the medical society of, you know, we treat all these symptoms, but it doesn't necessarily mean it, it could just mean that it's coming from, like you said, a past trauma. Like, so for instance, the, this all came to light and I don't think I've ever shared this on a podcast, but for me, I started really putting together the power of my mind when I was having chronic hip pain, <laughs> um, a year or so ago. And I just attributed it to like diet or, you know, I was dealing with all this health stuff. And it wasn't until I was getting a massage and uh, my massage therapist is really into the mindset. And I had a C-section with my second child. And this is kind of a, a little tangent here, but it was a traumatic birth for her. And she really struggled afterwards. And I always felt like I failed her a little bit. You know, like I failed the fact that I didn't mm. make the best decisions. And or I don't want to say I didn't make the best decisions. Like I had a few options that I could have chosen to maybe try and prevent the C-section and they were very risky. So I opted out of the high risk procedure to try and flip her and do all these things. And anyways, it was a very traumatic birth and she really struggled her first year of life. And I think I blamed myself for her illness. And it wasn't until Mm -hmm. that massage therapist said, I don't think you have hip pain. I think you have emotional trauma that's settling in your hip. And it was just like mind blown, right? Like, and as wow. I started to deal with that and let it go and to forgive myself or, you know, and kind of, and she kind of helped talk me through that a little bit. I really don't struggle with that. But I do notice that even if I get in an argument with my husband or I get into stressful situations at home, I will get hip pain. So is this, have I thought myself into this or is this a true biological process that's happening? I believe it's a true biological process happening. I mean, mm-hmm. they they really have looked at blood flow and um, all kinds of biological studies and markers while they've been sometimes inducing certain memories in people. Mm-hmm. And so they've actually been able to observe those things in the brain. In fact, Dr. Amon's work looks at the brain through a SPECT scan, both at a resting and at an anxious state. 
And so that in its very, you know, very definition says that there's going to be some kind of a physiological Mm -hmm. response to the emotions that are present. And oftentimes for women, the, the hip area um, is an area that shows symptoms and discomfort or digestive issues. And that partly has to do with the polyvagal nerve that um, a, a blood supply gets cut off to the digestive system, oftentimes in trauma. So you'll find digestive issues as something very prevalent in people who've had trauma or migraine headaches or pain that's sort of mysterious, but definitely feels connected to um, an event like mm-hmm. the birth of your daughter mm-hmm. and and the guilt that you felt, even though, you know, you did the best you could. Um, it's the body's way of saying, I don't have words for this, but the pain is going to help you know that. And it's not that it's even imagined pain. They, they really do see mm-hmm. a, a change in blood flow. So there's physical evidence. It's not just mm-hmm. psychosomatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely. And so, um, I use some of what's called somatic reprocessing. And so we actually, you know, give voice. It sounds a little woo woo, but that it, it, it isn't that way. We give voice to the pain mm-hmm. and ask it what it needs. And it, it is amazingly effective at helping people bring up um, feelings and experiences that they can't articulate. If I just said point blank, well, how do you feel about the birth of your daughter? Mm-hmm. Um, it would really lead us to that. It's an amazing, amazing guide, you know, sort of like wandering through the forest. And, and this guide is, is really telling you where to go mm-hmm. to find what you're looking for. That's it's fascinating. We kind of talked before we got on that, as Christians, we feel like we're walking a tightrope of woo-woo versus uh, true healing practices. And I want to talk about spirituality towards the end of this podcast because I think it's important to talk about, and I would love your opinion because I feel like I'm I'm right there with you of some of these things sound out there, but really they can be extremely healing to the body. And like you mentioned, that in some of the things that I did to help with my hip pain, like um, some tapping. Um, and I don't know, do you do anything mm-hmm. with tapping? I don't, but I've seen it be very effective. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of therapists do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Again, it has to do with the action and the thought process. Is that correct? Like, I'm not sure. Like, all of these have like a structure, right? Like you're trying to, are you trying to blend in this, the biological with the mind? Is that what you, is that technically what you're trying to deal with healing? Uh, yes, I mean, and the spirit and those kinds right. of things. With tapping, it it taps the meridians, and and it's related to sort of those acupuncture points mm-hmm. that are that are linked to some nerve areas of of the body. And I'll admit that I'm not an emotional freedom technique expert. It's called EFT, mm-hmm. the tapping, but it's it's proven to be very effective, you know, and I think as Christians, even in scripture, there are times when it's alluded to that a lot of what the person is suffering from has to do with their mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, the man who sat outside the gates and, and basically, you know, Jesus said, well, pick up your mat. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, just go. 
and also the woman who touched the hem of his garment. Right. You know, a lot of that had to do with where she was in her mind Mm -hmm. and her spirit rather than just simply some unknown physiological disorder that had captured um, in a disease state for 12 plus years. Right. Because like I talk about a lot um, when it comes to food is that we metabolize food differently based on our beliefs about the food that we're going to eat. And again, the belief goes back to being in the right mind space to have the biological components to follow through with that. And so it's kind of the same thing, right, with healing. Like you kind of have to be in the right mind space, essentially, to open yourself up to some of these things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that that's why we get so frustrated because people will say, oh, this is a really effective treatment modality or this is the one cure we have. Or if you follow these 12 steps, you know, you'll get to whatever result that you're looking for. But unless we examine those those deeper things that are going on in our mind and our spirit and our woundedness, either we're going to get no result or we're mm-hmm. going to get sort of a partial result um, from what we hoped for. Mm-hmm. And then we get frustrated. Well, I'm following the rules. I don't understand. But then we've got to look deeper and mm-hmm. say, what are those messages that are coming up for you? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that you're really, really believing um, mm-hmm. that sets your mind mm-hmm. on that course? What is the lie that you're believing? And then we're able to really combat that because we know, um, I call it sometimes like a like a thief, you know, we've sh- we've shown the light on the thief inside your home and we're going to approach it as an intruder because it has no business being there. And so we really learn to counteract those messages with truths. Um, but it's it's a hard process for people to slow down long enough and look deeply enough to understand what those lies are. But man, when we hit it, it can be totally transformative. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and often that's a process I call of remothering mm-hmm. um, because so many times it involves a, a wound when you're a child, both for men and for women. Um, and it really is learning to go in and, and take care of those needs that are, that are sitting out there unmet for the person. And, and I, don't, I don't mean to go off on a tangent there, but it really is absolutely essential to get your mind in that space. Yeah, no, fascinating. So is that where the role of spirituality comes from or comes into play too? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And really saying, you know, in a lot of cases, we think, oh, well, I've got to really believe this. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to feel worthy of it. I've got to have all the emotions connected before I can actually start to incorporate it as part of my mindset. And that isn't true. Often it comes later, mm-hmm. you know, that you may not feel like you're totally worthy of love, but you have to just, you know, think that and confess it over your life mm-hmm. and say, I, I really don't have a choice. This is the truth that, um, that, you know, God has said about my life and, mm-hmm. and you have to yield to that higher truth 
Mm. and understand that that our human truth is always going to be a substandard to that. So we can't, we don't have to wait for the emotions. Uh You just say it's not something that I get to choose. I am worthy simply because I was born. Mm -hmm. And, and the more we say it, the more we think it, the more we surround people ourselves with people who can actually reinforce that, the more it actually does become a state for our soul and our body. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like that. So on the lines of relationships, because you brought up community a few times, I once heard on um, a podcast that you're only as healthy as your marriage is healthy, or you're only as healthy as your most unhealthy relationship. Like I've heard it both ways. Like, What is your take on that? Like, how powerful are relationships in our life? They are tremendously powerful. And it's not just because... um, of the, the relational aspect in terms of that other person, but it really does, you know, expose our deepest weak, our deepest weakness. And again, using that analogy of a thief, you know, when we transfer that to a security guard, if a security guard is going around a building, they're going to try every single door Mm. and they really want the door to be locked. But they are there to identify the weak points. And so they also want to know what's a vulnerability. So when I work with, with couples or with individuals, we kind of scan their lives. And if there's one area that's lagging, then we say, we've got to take care of that, you know, um, because that's a vulnerability. And so definitely the building is only as secure as you know, the, the doors are, and if the one door is ajar or it's weakened, it's going to put the whole building at risk. Mm -hmm. And the same is true with, with our own lives, you know, and certainly I found both in my own journey and in my work with people that, um, when we start to address those things and really get honest and not shame ourselves and not criticize ourselves, but say, no, this is, this is here to teach me what I need to be working on and what I need to be paying attention to. It's not there to shame me or cause me more guilt. It's a teacher. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then it can turn into a gift in your life and you can really start to examine why is it even in my life and, and how can we change it? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Let's talk a little bit about the change because I mean, obviously we're talking about the mindset and people are probably wondering, what are those big areas of, okay, which I'm just going to come out and say that probably everyone has work to do when it comes to mindset health, but what are like the the top three places that you would give someone to start with, either to recognize or to start dealing with? Um, tell me a little bit more about what you mean. So like if someone is you know, they really want to start working on these past traumas and they really want to start, you know, getting their right their mindset aligned with where they really want to go, like with their desires, with their purpose, with their spirituality and all that. Like what are the first few places that someone came to you? Where would you start them? I would start them with their why, mm-hmm. you know, because if we don't have that bigger why, nothing else is going to um, feel as motivating to us. And we've got to have that bigger purpose to latch on to and that vision for our life. Um, and 
there's a tool that Dr. Amen uses called the One Page Miracle. And it really gives you an opportunity to flesh out and say, what is my vision for my life? And without that foundation, a person feels really lost because we don't think of ourselves as enough of a motivation, you know, and then Mm -hmm. I think really deciding what it is that is the most supportive of this process and making sure that we have those things in place in our lives, whether it's you know, an inner circle of friends and family or our spirituality or whatever it is. I think it's, you know, addressing that community piece of things and then also saying, let's look at things physiologically, get some basic testing to make sure we're not dealing with a hormone imbalance or, you know, low thyroid or um, hypoglycemia or hyperglycemia, diabetes, all of those Mm -hmm. things can cause certain mindset shifts. And those are quick wins. Mm -hmm. And, and we need those. We need to have some quick (laughs) wins, understand and get motivated. Like this isn't scaling Everest the whole time. I'm Mm going to give you some, some little foothills that we can get over. And then you have a, a better way of, of climbing the mountain. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's that that makes total sense. Like you said, those small wins to help you kind of start feeling it and wanting to keep going with it because it is freeing in a lot of ways um, to get rid of this. So if someone has trauma and like, how do you begin with trauma? Like if trauma is their hurdle, is it the same thing? Start with the why? Like they have to know where they're going in order to start dealing with the trauma? Or do you have to deal with your trauma to figure out where you want to go? Well, you can do it both times mm-hmm. because the why will likely change. But at least we've identified what the hook is for um, why the trauma needs to be dealt with. And that's important for people. You know, what's coming up in your life right now that makes this the right time for you to deal with this? Um, and so we kind of start there. I really look at a thorough history of their childhood and a thorough look at their health, because that's going to help indicate, you know, a little bit often, oftentimes of the depth of the trauma and how pervasive it is, mm-hmm. um, looking at their relationship history and understanding what those patterns are is really, really important because um, those things show up in a chronic way for people, especially with with childhood trauma. I do work with people with complex trauma, which means they have usually had a childhood trauma and then multiple traumas throughout their life. It becomes a way of life for them. Mm. And so we really want to look at their history and give them a chance to tell their story. They've made this huge leap into deciding to get well and deciding that life can be different and they don't want to live in this pain anymore. And so a lot of times just having sessions where people can share because a lot of times their story hasn't been heard before. Mm. But you know, Alexa, I've also had sessions with women who've been in such trauma that for the first several sessions, they are basically sitting there for most of the session in tears. And that's okay too, because you're witnessing their pain. Mm -hmm. I say they, they cry old tears because the tears have often um, been completely absent as they've been trying to, to deal with what's happened to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so these tears have been waiting to come out for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. 
So it really is an individual sort of approach um, because each case is different. But we really want to get a good picture of what life looks like for them right now. And then to explain to them, Mm -hmm. you know, that that change is possible and probable, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I I say I walk through the abyss with you and I'm not going to be scared, um, but it is going to be painful. Um, But on the other side, it's so worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such great information. Like you said, I think even to give people hope to know that you can change this, that your mind isn't static and that biologically even like this is like you said, the blood flow can change and that we don't have to live in the mindset that we are, you know, the negative mindset that some of us live in for forever, right? Like, I think that there's a lot of hope in that. So just a few more questions, um, although I could talk to you forever about this stuff. Um, But what do you see as one of the greatest negative influencers impacting our mind? Our own self-talk. Yeah. You know, um, because we take it on blindly and it is so stealth. Um, One of the things I ask people to do in early on in the process is to say, I really want you to, to listen and identify the messages that you're giving yourself. Mm. And so they listen for a week and they come back and they say, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. You know, I I don't, I don't think that I have a lot of self-talk. And so I said, try it for another week. Mm Mm-hmm. And slow it down a little bit more. And when they do, it's just amazing. And that was my own experience. We have no idea the barrage of um, you can never or you should or that's never for you or, you know, you're so this, that and the other thing or you're so unworthy, you know, that we just keep on top, top of ourselves. And yet we never, ever say those things to another person. Right. So. Once we identify those lies, that really gives us a lot of ammunition um, to try to tackle the healing piece of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because we are our own worst enemy a lot of times. And usually <laughs> our own voices are the loudest voice in our lives. Um, I like that approach. Absolutely. So is the... Like, I'm going to ask you the opposite question. Like, along the same lines, what is our greatest positive influence on our minds? Is it positive self-talk or is there something else? <laughs> I, be- I believe it's positive self-talk rooted in whatever mm-hmm. your um, foundation in life is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it really, that's why when we say, you know, where your mind goes, your, your life, the man follows. Mm. Because, it, you know... It, it's sort of, um, there's a verse that says, you know, the power of life and death is in the tongue and, and it's essentially our tongue that is the thing that's torturing our mind or giving it life. And so we really want to address that. And there isn't a whole lot that can, um, be harmed by self-talk. I don't think there's anything that, that, um, is outside of, of the grasp. I mean, positive self-talk. So there's, there's never harm in it. You can only gain from it. And it is so powerful when you hear testimonies of people who 
possibly change their mind and all that they were able to transform in their lives Mm -hmm. simply by daily, moment by moment, hour by hour, starting their day with gratitude, whatever that is, but just saturating the mind with truth, not Pollyanna-ish, not, you know, having rose-colored glasses on, being honest about what life is, but more importantly, being honest about how you can handle what life throws at us. Mm -hmm. It's not that everything is going to be great, you know, which is a lot of what um, law of attraction preaches, that if if you're in a good, healthy place emotionally, you know, life is going to show up and always be great. Um, Instead, I really like to say, let's be equipped for whatever life throws Mm -hmm. at us. Yeah. Because life is going to throw some really hard things in our way. And you know what? They're the greatest gifts. And that's truly been my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, what are a few more ways you mentioned gratitude, but just this last question, like a few more ways we can equip ourselves that we can do this, like that we can change our mindset, which really equates to changing your life. Absolutely. You know, I think having proper nutrition, mm-hmm. I know that I've mentioned that, but I can't mention it enough. It really is so healing emotionally and psychologically and spiritually. And we have to be vigilant in all of these areas. We have to be vigilant about the spiritual component of our lives and making sure that whatever that is for us is a daily practice. You know, we have to be vigilant about what gets put in our bodies and be honest about it because that really does affect our success. And we have to be vigilant about who it is in our lives because we are the sum of of the five people we spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. And that is just true because of what they, how they rub off on us and what what thoughts that we're accepting from them. I mean, you hear that a lot, exactly. but like, is that is that why, or like, is there a reason behind that? You know, we imitate the behavior that we see around us, and we see that certainly in in um, primate behavior and other things. But we really do tend to set our standards by what we're seeing the most in our lives, you know, and we incorporate some of the negative messages, some of the ideals, because we want to fit in. That's mm-hmm. just our, our natural inclination. Um, and we also define our possibilities often by what we're seeing happen in other people's lives. And Mm -hmm. so if you're spending your time with people who are, you know, really not striving, who really aren't being their best, they're just kind of living life in a mediocre way, that's what our brain is going to say is possible. You Mm -hmm. know, that's our max threshold. And instead, we want to open it up to possibilities that are going to challenge us, that are going to get us to be in a growth mindset And we can't do that if we're constantly taking in a diet of people who are living in an opposite way. Mm, Yeah, that makes so much sense. Oh, I could keep talking to you forever, but we can't. I'm here. (laughs) I hope to have you on again because this is fantastic. Like this is exactly what I am so passionate about. And I just hope that everyone is soaking this up and really starting to feel the grasp of how powerful our mind is and really how easy, I want to say easily, but that that could come across really difficult or really poorly because trauma can be really, really difficult to deal with. But dealing with our mindset 
isn't the same as having to restrict or starve or work out for 90 minutes a day. It might feel that painful, but really like practicing gratitude is a very simple practice. I think sometimes I always think these are so simple that we don't take them seriously. Um, but like I said, I shouldn't have said easy because past traumas can be so immensely difficult to deal with. But like you said, it's kind of the snowball effect. Like it's not like climbing Mount Everest forever. So thank you so much for being on to share that. I do have a few quick fire questions and then I, I want you to tell people where they can learn more about you. So a few quick fire questions. What is the first thing you do every morning for your health? I focus on my spirituality. So I really have, um, time that's in solitude. I, you know, put good food in my body. I get put good food into my spirit. I exercise. Um, and that's sort of my sacred time. Those are non-negotiables. And I am pretty vigilant, uh, about that, that time of my day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm getting that way too. There's something sacred about it. (laughs) Um, what's your, what's your favorite health book? Oh my gosh. Now that is a hard one. Or a mindset book. You know, I think what was really transformative for me, I think, and and it's a little bit indirect, but it really was Dr. Um, Bessel van der Kolk's The Body Keeps the Score Mm -hmm. for somebody who's had a journey with trauma, you know, and then um, Joyce Meyer wrote a book called The Battlefield for the Mind, and that is tremendously insightful as well. I, I have a hard time picking because obviously it's a real passion of mine too, but I think also, you know, looking at um, the role of nutrition. And so I could, I could kind of, I could probably pick 10 pretty <laughs> easily and, and still have more. But. I haven't read The Body Keeps the Score yet, but I did just get that on Amazon. But The Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer is an excellent book. It's one I often go back to just to help fight the lies. I feel like it's a really great book to have a battle plan. Absolutely. Uh Absolutely. And it really gets us to wake up Mm -hmm. and and realize that we can do this. Simply that message. I think that's what you are meaning when you said it's quote unquote easy. It's so much about the message of capability Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. possibility that Mm -hmm. leads to the most healing. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, what's one food you couldn't live without? Sashimi. I am a diehard sashimi <laughs> lover, and I can't imagine life without it, but um, yes. That's one I haven't heard on here yet, so <laughs> that's awesome. What's one thing you do for your mindset every day? Exercise, mm. definitely, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that, that really does set me up to – feel energized and optimistic and, and positive, you know, and of course that's sort of at the end of my, my sacred time in the morning, mm-hmm. um, because that time when I'm focused on, for me, that's my relationship with the Lord, um, that I have to say, I, I should have said that really is the most transformative thing. And I realize more and more, and especially lately in my journey, just how much that time and learning more and more about those truths mm-hmm. literally changes my brain and my mind. Mm-hmm. So scratch the exercise, go to the spirituality and because um, I couldn't trade it and it wouldn't it wouldn't even fuel me for exercise because I believe the two are really connected. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. 
And last question, what's the best piece of advice you could leave us with? Allow yourself to be vulnerable to the possibility of change. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. So good. Thank you so much, Amy, for being here. I have loved this. This has been such a privilege. Thank you so much, Alexa. I just, I could talk to you forever because what you do is so critical in this journey. I, 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 it is just really, really um, sacred work that you do. Likewise. So Amy, tell us where we can find more about you and what you do. Absolutely. I am online at www.amyvanslambrook.com. And it sounds like a mouthful, but it's really simple to spell. Um, And then I'm on Facebook. I'm just starting to get into Instagram, but um, more more of me is on Facebook. And then, um, you know, you can get connected to me through email or text or voicemail, any of those things. And I absolutely love to hear from people because this is a passion of mine and mm-hmm. I, I lead masterminds, do individual um, and couples therapy. And so I just would love to hear from anybody. Yes. Well, you know, you'll be hearing from me again. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'll make sure I link um, all that up in the show notes, but Amy, it really has been a pleasure. And I hope this isn't the last time that we can record a show together to put out into the world because this is going to change lives. Oh, well, that would be a real privilege. I'll look forward to that, Alexa. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be on here and to share this with your listeners. Yes, thank you. Oh my goodness, so much information and so valuable. I can tell you that Amy is such an insightful person and she has so many resources at her fingertips. If you're looking for something personal, make sure you head on over to her website at amyvanslambrook.com to see the other resources that she has there and even get involved in personal consulting. I know this has been a choice that I have never regretted is to have my own counselor. And I know it sounds taboo and something that you're not supposed to need, but I really believe that all of us could benefit from talking through our past traumas and hurts and how we can better our emotions to better our health. Not only that, but to better our relationships and just how we live in this world. So make sure you head on over to Amy Van Slambrook to check that out. Also, all the links she talked about in the show can be found in the show notes at simpleheartswellness.com backslash 114. Yes, that's 114, which I still can't believe when we're over the 100 episode mark. Anyways, make sure you head to the show notes and don't forget to sign up for my email list while you're there. Every week, you're going to be getting a newsletter from me giving you updates, as well as my meal plan, how things are going, special challenges, and so much more. When you're at the show notes, make sure that you sign up to receive my free weekly email. And as always, if you love the show, I would love, love, love if you would leave a rating and review. I ask you all the time, and it's because it's really that important and means the life to me. I would give each of you a hug, but... Since most of us don't actually see each other in person, that will have to pass, so I'm just going to send my virtual hug to everyone who leaves a rating and review. To leave any honest feedback you have, search for me and iTunes at Simperitz Radio, leave your feedback, or you can just go to simperitzwellness.com backslash review to leave any and all feedback that you have. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Alexa Sherm. Check out Amy's website at Amy Van Slambrook and get on that email list. In the meantime... I'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, here's to having the best week.